Hello and welcome to another episode of the DigiCoach podcast. My name's Leanne. You can find me on Instagram. My handle is at the DigiCoachPT. There's links in the podcast episode description as well. Hope you're all well and thanks for joining me. Today I want to talk about um, a, a subject on fat loss. So are you making it even harder than what it already is? I'm going to talk um, a few tips and tricks to help you make it as easy as possible so um first of all i want to go into what causes fat loss so it's talking about subcutaneous fat which is the fat that sits what you can see basically like the rolls on somebody for example spare tire and all that visceral fat is the fat that's um sits between and in your organs which is a lot more dangerous and causes metabolic syndrome which is Cancers, diabetes type 2 mellitus, um, heart disease, increases stroke, risk and things like that. Could go on. Um, so what, what causes subcutaneous fat loss? So first of all, actually, may as well cover this whilst we're on it. The more dangerous visceral fat, um, HIT has been shown, like cardio, high intensity interval training has been shown to be the very effective at reducing Fiscal fat, so it certainly cardio certainly has its place um, in a program. Um, but yeah, so talking about the aesthetics and subcutaneous fat, you're looking at first at finding your calorie maintenance target. So this means you do the same amount of steps. So say anywhere you get seven k steps every single day for a week, and your calories for you to maintain your current weight of say 10 stone, you eat no more than 2000 calories, okay? Now for a woman especially, your weight will fluctuate around your menstrual cycle. Um, some women can put on half a kilogram of the maintenance. Myself, I can fluctuate like three, six pounds in, in the maintenance. I usually sit between 11 and 11 and a half, so depending on what time of the month it is. Um, it's totally individual as you'll know by now. Um, so finding a calorie maintenance, uh, your calorie maintenance is trial and error and tracking the more data you have, the more specific, I'll, I'll use that term loosely, because um, there's a lot more that affects your weight fluctuating, um, such as carbohydrates. You can have, like, for the body to store carbohydrates effectively, it needs, like properly, sorry, it needs three to six grams of water per one gram of carbohydrate doesn't matter if it's simple or complex carbs um in relation to this it's carbs is carbs are carbs for holding water now again it's individual myself i can get quite bloated with carbs some people more so some people less it's totally individual if you ask someone who hates being bloated and you're eating a lot of carbs maybe look at having a higher higher protein diet uh, fat diet um might be better for you if you like to feel a little bit leaner that's fine but yeah so back to calorie maintenance so don't go change too many variables to find out what yours is so for a female a good goal to start would be like say 1800 calories 7k steps like obviously depend on your height and current weight but yeah then you're going to track for two to three weeks your weight 
I'd weigh in like twice a week, as long as you're not getting obsessed with the scales, because again, carbohydrates can, it's all to do with water retention really, um, undigested food, stress, injuries, inflammation um, affects this, but you're looking for trends. So on week one, say I weigh 11 stone, week two, I weigh 11 stone, four pounds, week three and back down to 11 then I'm up at 11 and a half you know so you, you're going up and down but over time you're seeing a, a trend that's what so just remember that so <clears throat> so yeah first things first get your calorie maintenance um this is I'm not even mentioning training yet because I don't want to overcomplicate it so once you've done that you definitely, a lot of people, especially oh, with my fitness pal as well, like to reduce the calories so low because A, instant gratification, they want it all now and they're not looking at enjoying the process. They just want to like over restrict and especially for holidays and things coming up, but it's not the way to go as, as, as uh, tempting as it is to do it. It's short term and the faster you lose it, the faster you put it back on. You need to be able to learn to maintain um, your habits like you know because a lot of people just restrict and because it, it, it's easier restricting than learning moderation it's human nature um but it, it is a habit that has you keep the results and the routine that you make because we are humans we love routine we don't like to think about every single thing we have planned like we like to have a structure in place so we just know what we're doing otherwise it's too much too much decision making you know and you can lead to fuck it mode because you just can't be asked with making another decision like what to eat and things so yeah so you get your calorie maintenance you got your steps now in order to add fat loss nice and steady you're not either i'd recommend just upping your steps so from 7k to 10k um per day and then you are going to be in a deficit okay simple right however a lot of people don't do this to change too many variables will drop the calories and steps which is fine if it's not too much sorry they'll drop the calories and up the steps super high which ramps up the hunger hormones uh, leptin which is your satiety your fullness hormone um, is reduced um, again if you've got a lot of stress in your life if you've got sleep deprivation it's going to make everything so much harder so hence having to do it smaller and monitor and is, is the smartest way to do it um so yeah those are the two things it does sound uh, quite simple doesn't it fat loss it is in theory but it's human behavior that makes it hard and if it wasn't for that i would have got bored of fat loss so much uh, like years ago um i like to work with women and get them to adhere to a program really um and if they fall off the wagon like we're looking at why it happened you know working with them to maintain it for life um and that's that's where i come in so there's a few reasons why you can be making it harder than what it needs to be first of all a very common one I've been, I've been guilty of doing all these, by the way, what I'm about to talk about. Um, uh, so you need to drop the perfection attitude. If I can't get my steps in, or if I can't get my, say, 10K steps in and I can only get 9K, fuck it. Like, I'm not getting any in. 
or if I can't have what I wanted for dinner or the dinner's ruined, I've burned everything, fuck it, I'm ordering a takeaway. Rather than thinking, okay, um, I'll walk steps, get to, walk to the shops uh, and get something else or something that you enjoy because managing stress, making a positive in, from a negative, um, a few ideas, but yeah, you need to drop the perfection attitude. Um, again, thinking like if you're unable to do, if you're unable to get your steps in, manage your calories, get protein, like higher protein, um, get a session in, get a wee session in, you know, just do something that's in alignment with your goals, can speak like volumes about how you're going to get there, you know, and that you're going to achieve them. Um, because you're going to have those weeks where you're unable to train at all because you're just so busy, which is absolutely fine. Uh, fuck these people who say, oh, everyone's got 24 hours, the same 24 hours in a day. Sometimes, like, you might be away with work and you just can't get to a gym or, or you just don't want to. And that's okay. Literally just think of it as a recovery week. Get your steps in. Manage your calories keep protein high and you like when you are ready to get back into it you will have the best sessions there's nothing wrong with taking a week off i mentioned that because of, of a trainer i'd just seen about saying the opposite okay so you need next thing i wanted to mention is you need did uh, you need to become adaptable so again this brings it back to the dropping the perfection attitude and going for imperfect action so again remember as well You've got a lot, you can't just go from zero to 100 and change everything in your life because you're just setting yourself up for failure there and you'll feel guilty and you'll think there's something wrong with you. But when in reality, you've just changed too many things at once. So work on one thing at least like once a week um, and see how you get on. And if there's any parts that you could have done better, take it on board and, you know, implement um, the changes next week of... Uh, like for example, like you're gonna start the gym, make sure it's realistic. Don't go from like zero to four sessions a week. That's a lot, Don't, and a lot of pressure as well to fit it in around a busy life. Um, so go for one upper, one lower a week, or even one session a week of a whole body session. You know. Um, so the the more you go changing stuff, the more you're likely to hit fuck it button. It's a lot of pressure, so you, it's to be built up slowly. Next, so adapt uh, adaptability comes from trial and error. 100% um, so different there's always going to be a reason not to go into like a fat loss phase and the, the timing's never it's like planning for a baby it's never really perfect timing you've just got to do it and work around it uh, whatever life throws at you because um, you're hard to going to say no nah, uh, I'm pregnant but no like I've lost my job or something and <laughs> just get rid of the baby I suppose some people do but um that's for another podcast, I suppose. Um, but yeah, so it's a trial and error process which takes time. You need these things to hit you. I've had clients say to me, oh, I'm waiting off to start coaching with you because I'm going on holiday soon. But it's a perfect time to join when you've got these, I guess, barriers, if you want to call them, um, these things that are going to challenge you because you can learn imperfect action and that's what's going to maintain your results once you've achieved them. Okay, next we've got routine on my wee spider diagram. So again, like consistency, 
comes from your routine. So fuck motivation. Motivation comes and goes. I've not had motivation for ages. I'm more motivated this week. Um, but yeah, motivation's hardly any there. Hardly ever there. It's usually there in the summer actually, when everyone's like desperate to quickly trim down, like instead of doing it slowly over the winter. Um, they're trying to do it in like six weeks and yeah which like if you are motivated definitely use that motivation to get an extra session in more steps in manage your calories more that's absolutely fine um, as long as you're not going OTT otherwise just going to ramp up the hunger hormones and make it even harder um, <clears throat> but with a routine it takes a decision out like you're able to fully commit to a program so rather than say because I've been there should I train today? Nah. Like you talk, you can so easily talk yourself out of training. Whereas if you, so your routine comes from doing things similar or the same time most days. So for example, I've mentioned this before in other podcasts, but I'll drop RF nursery, boom, straight to the gym I go. Or I might like go for a coffee first, I get steps in, then go to the gym. So it's very similar timings. Personally, I, I think parents should train in the morning. Sorry about that uh, noise there. Um, yeah, I think parents should train in the morning because it's not hanging over you. You've got more energy in the morning. And if you haven't, you prom I promise you, you will once you've trained. Um, it helps you keep you focused, more productive, like later on in the day. Be able to do deep work, um, you know, like quality work. Once you've trained, like problem solved so much better, things like that. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it's so important that you get a routine with training. But again, don't go changing too much thing, uh, too many things at once. If you're working on training, becoming more consistent with that, just do that, and don't really look towards your meals too much, and vice versa. So what I would say in regards to getting more consistent with your meals, you want to pick food that you enjoy, first of all, because I have been there when I'm like trying to eat salad. When I, I like salad now, but I used to try and eat salad when I hated it. And if you're not, in, if you're making yourself eat foods that you don't enjoy, you're not going to stick to it. Who the fuck would? You might for like a week or so, but what kind of existence is that, right? So you want to write a list of breakfast, depending on your calorie intake and what your goals are, um, breakfast, lunch and dinner, I'd recommend writing five to ten meals um, <clears throat> and say week one, you kind of like alternate between two or three, like so you, so you know you can get into a routine of what you're eating so you don't have to think too much about that, like or it's Monday I'm having this I'll enjoy this like you know I think that's the best option to take um some people like to have smaller meals six meals a day more grazers personally I don't recommend this just because of what I've read about it you never really your insulin levels never really return to a baseline and have a bit of a break they're constantly working um so I, I personally like the three meals and uh, maybe one snack it depends on how much activity I do. So yeah, again, trial and error. Okay, next we have, what I wanted to talk about was cravings and restrictions. So I, over restriction, sorry. So cravings can come from um, a nutrient deficiency. Usually, well, it could be a, a few. 
So identifying that, again, another reason to track food uh, via my fitness pal or which, whatever one that you use. I say my fitness pal because it goes with my app and my clients listen to these. Um, demonizing foods is a big one. I've just had a client who's given up McDonald's and as much as I hate McDonald's, as you will probably all know by now, um, as soon as she said, I'm cutting McDonald's out, she, she didn't necessarily have it much. Um, twice a month, I think she'd said. But point is, as soon as she said um, that she was cutting it out, I, I said that it's reverse psychology. You know, like you're just going to want it even more now. And lo and behold, she'd cut it out for, I think, it wasn't even a week. And she fell ill. She had the flu or cold or something. And guess what I saw in a food diary? <laughs> it was just some McDonald's fries. But point is, because she told herself that she couldn't have it, the first thing, like, to comfort herself, to feel better, to, you know, maybe do something a little naughty, as she, she probably thought, was to have some McDonald's fries. And, yeah, so don't ever cut anything out. Don't ever tell yourself you can't have anything. It's learning moderation, again, takes time. Um... So you want to cause friction around the habits that you don't want to continue doing and the, the habits that you want to build, the healthy ones that align with your goals, you want to make them as easy as possible. So this looks different for everybody. So for me, <clears throat> um, I'm a little bit off my food lately, but say I could go through a packet of Doritos like there's diamonds at the bottom. <laughs> so you know the big bags that are like, I'm sure they used to be 500 calories, but anyway, they're like nearly a thousand now, and it's like, pfft, I won't even buy them anymore. I'm not made of calories, you know what I mean? <clears throat> so what I would do instead is buy one, like walk to the shop, get steps in, and my reward would be um, like a smaller packet of Doritos. Um, and then once they're gone, they're gone, you know? And then if I wanted another packet, I'd go back out and walk, you know? So that's one way of doing things like that, or um, it, like making it easier to train. Like, like I said, drop kid off at school, go straight and train before work, um, or carrying your gym bag in the car with you so you don't have to go home. Because for some people, like myself as well, as soon as you sit down, you can't stand up again, <laughs> can't be bothered. So you know, it's about looking at yourself and. You, this is it's just all part of the journey like you learn so much about yourself so yes um so cravings for me and clients in the past have come from over restriction telling yourself that's well, so a reverse psychology telling yourself you can't have something and you crave it even more could be around uh, if you're menstruating so around your period um body wants more fat fatty foods like saturated and unsaturated fat to deal with inflammation um, magnesium can be low dark chocolate is great for magnesium so you end up craving chocolate um, around your period so it's just working out again learning moderation buying small bars of chocolate instead of the big ones because don't forget these things are marketed like they're marketed as Maltesers share bags but they know if Leanne gets hold of a big bag of Maltesers she's going to go through them all so, <laughs> so I think you've got to parent yourself no you can't have this you had this you had some chocolate earlier on you know like would you let your 
kid eat a full bag of Doritos? You know, so think, thinking like that is a good way as well to get around it. Um, so you're making it harder by doing too much too soon. So we've kind of touched on this already. So excess cardio and steps. So I, I made the mistake last, uh, was it two or three weeks ago? Um, I was doing 40 minutes to 60 minutes cardio a week. I was getting in over 100K steps a week and four sessions and a class and trying to stick to 2000 calories a day. And I was starving and yeah, it just wasn't good. Um, and I just took a step back and I thought, right, what would I say to a client? I'd be like, you're doing too much. And now, I am doing my steps, and my steps are high, 112k last week. So again, make sure you're tracking what you, your activity and what you're doing. So um, yeah, my steps are high. I'm not doing any cardio, I've cut that out. And I'm managing my food and I'm getting quality sessions in, that's it. So for me, it was the cardio that was making me a lot more hungrier. Um, but yeah, so just, I've just watch that. Now to deal with hunger, so again, for women, you'll be hungrier just before your period and during your period. And remember, you can have about 200 calories extra over the week. When, well, whilst you're on your period, um, it's like two to 300 calories. Like say you're on your period for four days. Extra, so that's like an extra meal or something like that. Um, so don't feel bad like if you do want an extra meal, if you've done loads of activity when you're on your period. You shouldn't feel bad anyway if you're wanting to eat, but... Going with volume is a big one. So volume like fruit and veg, the the bulky, the, the way down your stomach, which sends uh, ghrelin, the hunger hormone down. Um, it takes a long time to digest and process and convert into amino acids, carbohydrates, into glucagon, glycogen, my God, glycogen. I was thinking of glucagon. Um, again, protein takes, depending on what it is, two to four hours if you're eating it um, to digest. Fibre, the unsung hero, my favourite. <laughs> um, making sure you, you're getting enough fibre. So if you're female, 20 grams. If you're male, pushing 30 grams. Don't increase all at once because you'll either be constipated or get diarrhea. Increase your water intake because fibre and protein soak up a lot of water and can make you constipated um it's a lot for your, your body to deal with as well especially if you're going from like because that's a problem with a lot of our food these days and it, they're always refined by taking carb uh, by taking fiber out just a reminder that fiber is uh, a carbohydrate it has no calories in it um a lot of people say well i'm healthy because i'm drinking my fruit juice no you might as well have a can of coke you do get a few extra vitamins, but you're not getting the fibres, so you're just getting the tsunami of sugar to your liver. You see the liver doesn't know what to do with it, so it turns it into, so insulin spiking and turns it and stores it into fat, pushes it into fat cells and they uh, multiply. And then you get visceral fat, which increases your risk of metabolic syndrome, which is the umbrella of diseases associated with um fatty liver and heart and things like that so yeah i think that's everything i wanted to talk about and that's quite a lot i think um 
I think it's quite valuable if, if you're struggling. Um, I get, just remember, don't take on too much. It's to be done slowly. You're looking at losing, like once you've been doing it for a wee while, because if you just, if you're doing nothing and then you start doing something, you, you can lose up to like six pound in a week. Don't get used to it. It's not like a normal amount after a while. Um, you're looking, after, after say one month to two months, you're looking at losing about half a pound on the scale weight. Um, again, which will fluctuate. So try not get obsessed with the scales. If you are somebody that does, take progress pictures and concentrate on <clears throat> getting your personal best in the gym. Um, that's a, another thing that keeps you motivated and consistent, looking to get a bit stronger, going for one extra rep on an exercise in it, you know. Um, <coughs> but yeah, hopefully you found this useful. If you did, if you could give it a, a share, uh, on your stories or just let me know that'd be great um you can review these podcasts as well i really appreciate anybody who took the time to do that it definitely helps me out uh yeah and i'll see you on the next episode bye